station, but we're here for a real education. Welcome to A Real Education. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, movie unpronounceable symbol, Melissa Kirscher. Hey! And uh, we have, uh, uh, for our uh, our movie, an inexperienced movie person today, yeah. we have, or maybe we want to call him uh, our backup bass player, as it were. Uncultured. Uncultured. Swine. Uncultured <laughs> swine. We have Matt Alex. Hi. I'm Hi, Matt. Matt. So, uh, welcome to Real Education, Matt. Here's the deal. We are about to watch a movie. The movie we're going to watch today is Purple Rain. Now, uh, the rules are that uh, whoever our guest is has not seen this film. And conveniently enough, Matt has not seen Purple Rain. Which so. I would imagine was harder to find in Minnesota than many of the other movies. That is a challenge. <laughs> it was tough. Man. Yeah. It, yeah. it, it was it, really it, tough. Glad you can always count on my ignorance. Yes. <laughs> so, so, Matt, being, being from Minnesota and yet having never <clears throat> seen Purple Rain, what you need to do now is tell us, what do you know about Purple Rain? Uh, very, very little. Uh, I had a friend who was obsessed with Prince growing up, which makes it even weirder that I've still not seen this. <laughs> uh, but literally, that was the only music he listened to. And uh, so I know he was a big fan of it, and he would occasionally talk about it, but we're talking, you know, way back in the 1900s, so most of that's out of my head as well. <laughs> yeah. And so I know it's like, I don't know if it's supposed to be like a fictionalized biopic, or if it's just like a narrative, but it also apparently has a lot of concert footage that it was shot at first half, if I remember right, because I think people have said that... Uh, the concert footage is really great and also makes First Avenue look way, way bigger than it actually is, which I'm curious to see because it's, you know, that's, that's a club we're all familiar with being from Minnesota. Oh, yeah. So yes. it is a closet. And so if it looks like an arena <laughs> in this movie, it would be very, that would be very funny to me as a local. Um, I, that's really, I think that's it. Boy, you know more about know. it than, than some people know about other movies. Yeah. So uh, I think, um, you know, as always, we try to do sort of in a non-spoilerish way, mm -hmm. uh, a brief intro to the film before mm -hmm. we go and watch it. Uh, you know, I'm going to say the biggest challenge I'm going to have is finding, figuring out which music to use as the as the bridge music. I actually thought about that and today, going, I wonder what song you'll pick. <laughs> <laughs> so, I awesome. go with the title, man. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I want to use Raspberry Beret just to make people go. It's not even from that movie. <laughs> What the fuck's wrong with, with him? Sign of the times or something. <laughs> yeah, so put three nineteen in there, like every stripper's favorite Prince put, song. Put, yeah. put, in, put in Kiss. You know, it's yeah. just like uh, so. Uh, the film obviously features. Oh, oh bat yeah. dance. Oh, bat, bat dance. dance. Bat dance. There it's got to be bat yes. dance. Uh, no. Oh, there was an amazing bat dance costume picture on Reddit this year that just made me super happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, that's a good idea. So uh, yeah, it features Prince, who uh, passed away earlier this year. Oh, yes. sad mm -hmm. face. Uh, and it, it is the first. He made several films. Mm -hmm. Prince made several films. This I did was not the know that. first one. Oh goodness, one. yes. Yeah, he made another one called Graffiti Bridge. Which is uh, oh, I've heard. Okay, I've heard of that. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. Um, and Under the is, Cherry Moon. This is that I've never heard of. I believe, inarguably, the best. Uh, not yeah. counting, not counting Sign of the Times, which is a full concert film. Right. Um, but so, only a concert, though. Yeah. Only okay, a concert. That's like film. a different thing. Yeah. So uh, the, that said. Uh, this is uh, this is essentially. I mean, Prince is well known before Purple Rain came out, but this movie essentially turned him into a superstar. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, we can talk more about that after. Yeah. We watch so uh, I don't know. I mean, I, there's there's a lot to say about this film, but most of it needs to be said after you watch it. And yeah. this is like the height of '80s Little Lord Fauntleroy Prince, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. goodness, cool. yes. Awesome. Oh, yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. A lot this of ruffles. Is, yes. Oh, so like so the Chappelle oh. Show parody is kind of. Prince looks like this. There is there the there is there are a lot of ruffles, a lot of buttons. Sweet. Yeah. Um. Uh, this is the revolution. Yeah. So his kind sure, of sure. The, you know it, it's it's Prince's E Street Band phase. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> You know, that's a terrifying analogy. <laughs> <laughs> All of New Jersey suddenly awoke in anger. They're like, what, dude? What? <laughs> New Jersey marches on Minnesota. <laughs> Light the bonfires. <laughs> Minneapolis calls for aid. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Is there anything else we should mention, Melissa? I feel like I feel like really you need to watch this. You need to see it. Yeah. To really get into a serious conversation about what's going on yeah in this film so and uh, yeah, that's, yeah that's what i'll say <laughs> yeah so we're just gonna go away uh if you want to you can listen to the soundtrack of Pur from purple rain or you could watch the movie uh and then 
will be. I, I mean, watch the movie. The concert footage stuff is really great. So Absolutely. no matter how you feel about the yeah. rest of it, the concert stuff is like yes, this is this is the the image of Prince that got cemented in our heads in the eighties. That's right. So we'll be back uh, in what will seem to you like mere seconds, but will to us have been almost two hours. Whoa. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Electric word, life, it means forever, and that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you, there's something else. The afterworld. A world of never-ending happiness. You can always see the sun. Day or night. So when you call up that shrink in Beverly Hills, you know the one, Dr. Everything will be alright. Instead of asking how much of your time is left, ask how much of your mind, baby. Cause in this life, things are much harder than the afterworld. This life, you're on your own. And we are back. Many songs have been sung. Many continuity errors have been spotted. Yes. <laughs> and Prince and Apollonia ride happily off into the sunset on their motorcycle. His motorcycle. Somehow. His purple motorcycle. His. <laughs> so, uh, so Matt, um, you're welcome. <laughs> okay, so when Tim and I were discussing, oh, we got to do Purple Rain at some point, you know, because Prince died. <clears throat> yeah. And, and I said, we need to have Pat Alex do this. And he said, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, hope I just wanted to see it. what happened. Yeah, we throw Matt Alex at this movie. <laughs> so Matt, having having now seen this movie that your friend was obsessed with, yeah, uh, what are your thoughts? <sighs> Should have sent a poet. <laughs> <laughs> This is it is weird because this is like I'm trying to like uh, that if you were to be listening to some of like the greatest songs of all time, which many of uh, the best Prince songs are in this movie, uh, and yet were I don't know perhaps like having a stroke while on an LSD trip. <laughs> You'd be like, I don't know what's going on. I can't tell. Everything's all bits and pieces. But then you go, you just stop for a second. And you go, I gotta pay attention to this song. And then you go yes. back to something else. Like yeah. that's kind of what happens. Like mm-hmm. the, we we were just talking about this briefly as the credits were rolling. That like like you said, Tim, this is I think two different movies. Mm-hmm. And there is the one that is uh, an amazing concert film that I wish was the duration of the running time of this whole film. Uh-huh. And then there is this movie that like. Roger Corman passed on. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. I just what the, the story, the story of the film. I, I and we talked about this while we're watching it. The first yeah. thing that you need to believe is that there is a reality in which Prince and the Revolution aren't good enough. Yes. <laughs> yes. To perform on the First Avenue stage because Prince is. I don't know. Like, like either I, boring or offensive, and the I, whole audience yeah. just has to be like perturbed, like you're interrupting cocktail hour. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's and not, all like, it's not a, well, if they were offended, they would be reacting, but no, they were just <laughs> no, sitting there stone right. faced. They are nearly just beneath boring, notice. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're just watching the stage in, in detached. Yeah. Uh, it's like they look like people that when you go to your favorite bar and you realize, ah, oh, fuck, it's trivia night. <laughs> so some asshole's gonna be like yowling into a microphone yeah. and yeah. like we wanted to just like have our beers have our hot dogs and have a conversation yeah. but now it's gonna be like ugh yeah. and like they, they all have that kind of a thing of like stop it and then more stay in the time who, again unassailably great mm-hmm. then they show yeah. up and it was like oh rock club Mm, let's do this, and it's like, but who? Like literally, there's a whole scene where he plays Darling Nikki, and everybody's pissed about it. Yeah, they're like, it's insane. What the fuck is this about? He's like, it's, it's he's, like, it's only a fucking amazing yeah, it's song. Just, it's like when people talk, you know, when like he's he's plank fucking a speaker. I know. <laughs> when, when, when Prince, when Prince fans talk about talk about the album Purple Rain. Uh-huh. Darling Nikki is like, I mean, it's not one of those songs they ever played on the radio, but it's one right. of those songs that they all talk about as being like one of the gold standard songs. No, truly on that one CD. of my favorite Prince songs. Because yeah. I mean, it's because it is so Prince. Oh, it is yeah. so you know, Prince. It is it is embodies like well, of that era. Like we all like there's yeah. a whole arc to his career yeah. that changes, especially if you pay attention over time, but like 
Prince, as I knew when it was introduced to him, was fuck music. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that is the most fuck music of fuck music. It is, yes. It is serious. <laughs> it's serious Prince. But without music. sounding porny. Yeah. It's just like, well, well, you, gotta, you sit there and you get like, something has been awakening in my loins. <laughs> yes. well, well, the thing about Prince, I mean, the, the, the grand thing, aside from the the gender bending thing that he was which doing. Which is amazing. Yeah. Which is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but the the fact that he wrote this insanely graphic uh sexual activity into most of his songs but it never seemed dirty it was or naughty or and forbidden <sighs> it was always this is a grand amazing thing yeah, that everybody yeah. should be doing well it's like i guess and you know most and i don't like all prince music because there's well one there's too much of it to like all of it that's just yeah, it's, it's, yeah impossible. It's, it's like um there's a really if you guys uh, if you're listening to this episode you probably are a fan of of prince in addition to just this podcast uh there's a really great um podcast done by Adam Todd Brown he usually does unpopular opinion they do ones now where they have uh, they call it fight cast and they pick a thing and then two people that are friends of his have to argue about it and then they kind of declare one at the end and they did one uh, shortly after Prince died where it was who is the better consummate artist Prince or Michael Jackson Ooh. and everybody kind of goes I mean Michael Jackson king of pop but then when you start breaking it down I was like Prince, oh man. Prince so hard it's Prince Prince because so hard it, here's the thing here's the thing about Prince like, if if it wasn't for the fact that he can't play all the instruments at once he yes. doesn't need a band yes. yeah yeah no it's like you know it's like Dave doing the first Foo Fighters album you just yeah. record it all in the studio at yourself one yeah. at a time and, and not just and that and not just that he's one of he was one of the greatest guitar players in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, a, the, the, um, sure. there's oh, a Hall of Fame, yeah. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony, I think, with so yes. George, George, George Harrison. George Harrison, and the, and there's like him and Tom Petty. And, like, and, and yeah, and, and uh, there's like Eric some Clapton of the, or something. Eric Clapton's Clapton's on stage. There's some of the greatest guitar players ever, and they're playing While My Guitar Gently We yeah. Start. Yes. They're, they're, no, it's George Harrison's kid. It's George Harrison's kid. Because yes. he's in the back playing guitar yeah. on stage going, oh my the God, whole time. Look at this. And then, and then, <laughs> like the best thing ever. Like, I can't believe I get to do this. They're <laughs> killing it. They're killing this song. And then it's time for the guitar solo, and Prince comes in and just fucking embarrasses every and single one of them. And just looks bored. Yeah. yeah. And he's just. just does he thing. doesn't even look up, you know. He's like hiding under he's a just hat. Being Prince. And yeah, he's, he's just like, Prince, and, and, it, and you can tell everybody else on the stage is like, like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, you're like when you when you talk about that argument, you're like, at first you're like, "Oh, well, that's a battle of heavyweights," and then you're like, "Oh, but Thriller and Bad," and then you go, "Oh, but forty albums yeah. <laughs> worth of amazing shit." He, like, he made an album pretty much every year. Yeah, and like, who knows how much crap is still in the vault? Yeah, we don't yeah, even know. So much. You know, but. Anyway, this movie. movie. <laughs> yeah. So the thing about this movie, as, as I'm watching it, as I'm thinking about it today, as I was like, what is this movie trying to make me feel? What it wants me to do yes. is sympathize with an abusive boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Who never And ever... a shithead artist and friend. Yeah. He's, like, yeah. he's got multiple levels of shittiness. Yeah, he's yeah. he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think about it, actually. It's like, okay, who is our... Who's our in? Who's our protagonist here? And it's 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 Apollonia. She's the only yeah. one that I think is not shitty throughout the entire movie. Yeah, right. And, you know, by Prince's standards, there's his character, the kid, which, mm, but like, by, by his standards in the movie, she's a monster because she went and had dinner with Morris Day. Yes. which I would blow Morris Day if I had the opportunity. <laughs> it's Morris Day. Yeah, but like, I just it, she's the only person that actually comes in and goes. Oh, like I just kind of want everybody to get along. I'd like to try to be a musician, and everybody else is like, "Well, you're a monster. Let me hit you." And then, yeah, oh, are you, you are you not turned on yet? Let me hit you again. Now we make out. <laughs> and, and, what? and the most bizarre thing is, there most of the 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 beats of the movie are kind of biographical for Prince. I mean, he he came from a, a home where, like his father was abusive, and then left. And, and his father was a musician, and, and his father yeah. was a musician uh, from Louisiana, and you know, basically was raised by his mom. So it is like but, a pseudobiography. Kind yeah, of it kind of is. Right okay. But yeah. but the thing is, by all accounts, Prince is just the nicest guy in the world. Right, you know? crazy, crazy. Like, crazy's an outhouse rat. But, yeah, well, but, yeah, yeah. I've not heard, and who knows? Like once people are dead, new stuff comes out always. But like, I've still not heard someone be like, "Oh no, I used to beat the shit out of Carmen Electra." Like I've never heard that. Oh yeah, no. no like, <laughs> he, he was he was this uh, you know especially in the eighties I mean he was this great advocate for uh, getting more women into rock music and funk music because yeah. mm -hmm. he he helped start all these female bands you know Apollonia Six came mm -hmm. from this movie and uh, you know wasn't Apollonia Six though it was. Uh Crap, because uh, Apollonia was an actress that was just in the movie. Well, yeah, and but it was that, the, that, the, but the it was, singer who was in Ap yeah. wasn't Apollonia's shit. Now I gotta look it up. Yeah, yeah, uh, but anyway, there, 
well, no, she it wasn't was Chile. No. But Chile was, was another Chile. artist that was. was well, yeah. The what was the era? The because um, there was the duo. Oh. Uh, I just want to say Diamonds and Pearls, but that's just a song. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, shit. <laughs> anyway, yeah. but there's a bunch. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, like yeah. there was like every six to ten years, it would roll over yeah. into like a new era of Prince. But I mean, you know, um, as a uh, girl who was growing up in the '80s, and you know, as male-dominated as music was, it, as yeah, pop music the, was. That was the worst part of like. Yeah. Shitty glam rock. Yeah, like, and like if there were women in the band, they'd be off to the side being pretty. And when you maybe saw, at the keyboard. Yeah, maybe you know, at the keyboard. Or guitar, for that matter. But, but when you'd see Prince perform, there were multiple women in the band. Yeah, almost always. And, and that's one of the things too. You even see in this movie, it's just like, oh, not only there are a couple women in the band, but like one of them is the lead guitar player. Yeah. And shreds. Like that's oh, the yeah. thing. It's not like, oh, look, she's pretty, so I'll have this this chick in my band. It's she's amazing. Yeah. And so she's in my band. Yeah. She happens to be gorgeous, mm -hmm. but she w will hold her own with anyone else yeah. playing her mm -hmm. instrument, and that's really cool. Yeah. Um, so we... This, oh, God, I, I'm so disjointed about this. Now, go, retroactively now, I wish I had, like, taken notes, but it would have been, like, a, a page a minute. Just too much. Yeah. But, like, yeah. so Prince lives with his parents. Yeah. That's the thing that kind of oh, like, yeah. occurred to me halfway through. It's like, wait, is he taking this girl back to... He is. He's sneaking into the basement of his parents' house with a girl. How old is he supposed to be? Yeah. Well, the, the, well, the <laughs> we thing is, know. he was he was super young. He would have been uh, like twenty three when this movie. Yeah, was I mean, being Prince yeah, like he's, this is very early for his career. But like, but that's I mean, a weird. Not, he's not a teenager. Yeah. yeah, and that's also part of it too. Is that like you know this movie's made early enough in the eighties that like obviously Prince had some hits, but mm. well, he had nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, nineteen ninety nine was pretty big. Was it just the one? Or did he? Well, the the album more 90, by then, yeah. Like Contro that, that's controversy, like, controversy was was definitely a breakout for him. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then his, 1999 really made that was him big. Yeah. That made him like a household but, name. But but Purple Rain is what turned him into but just like, a mega. Star. The fact that this is one of those weird, you know, like I said, like, to me this is just such a Corman movie, despite not being a Corman movie. But like, uh, what an interesting thing now to look back on and realize they gambled on just the right star for this. Oh yeah. As someone who then had a decades long career that only got better and more impressive, whereas this could have been someone where. You could have made yeah. it with someone had a big hit album, and then this movie caught some attention, and then they just sucked forever, disappeared. Well, this but like they they bet on the right shooting star there. This movie must have been super cheap to make though, because there were only three actual actors. In yeah, this everybody movie. else. Everybody was else was so a musician bad. in Minneapolis. So bad. and yeah. it's pretty clear that they yeah. were not actors because yeah. they did not. Because they're um, shitty actors. <laughs> Morris Day and Jerome do a version of Who's on Fire. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, it was so oh, fun oh, watching oh, you during oh. that math. Mor Morris Day <laughs> for the entire filming it. of this movie was high as a kite. Oh yeah. Because this was like in his he's, substance abuse. Oh, this years. is the, he's the only one that can match Prince's crazy eyes. Oh yeah, because yeah. Morris Day is just high out of his mind. Yeah, Prince is just crazy. Yeah, so he yeah. has actual crazy eyes. But like the two of them both, are just a little too wide, a little too energetic, and yeah. you're like, mm, all right, <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Jerome is still. We were talking about this a little bit too. Like, is like my favorite person ever because it's like. You, you just get to be in a band without having to do anything. Mm -hmm. You just got to learn some dance yeah, steps. You, you just, yeah, you yeah. learn a few dance steps, you, you hold a mirror, you c consistently pretend to brush something off of Morris Day's shoulder. <laughs> yeah, that's your <laughs> you thing. Know? Like, it's just like, all right, like, and for that, you would presumably make enough money to live and wear nice suits. So, like, mm -hmm. that's a sweet gig. I'll take that gig from somebody. Also, he gets cigars, apparently. Uh, yeah. That's true. He does get some that's cigars. Um, so, when Apollonia arrives in uh, Minneapolis... Did they call like time traveling vintage cab company? Because <laughs> it's like a old school, like those kind of curvy sedans from like the the, the Batman the animated series style. Yeah. Cars. It's what cabs looked like in the eighties, Matt. You, I know you don't remember, but I some of us. No, that's I don't remember that's most lies. of the eighties. I remember the Such latter lies. half. I mean, yes. I was born this in seventy nine. So this was the fun. early half of the eighties. This but, was the part that you don't remember. Okay, there you go. I do, and cabs looked like that I just, in the eighties. But right from no. the start, no, no, of course not. <laughs> no, but right from the start, I was like. What is? What are we supposed to make of that? Is that important? Is that, no, it doesn't play anything. Of course, it doesn't play anything. Nothing here has callbacks. No. <laughs> like, there are so many unresolved plot the, threads. The, well, there's the whole thing that she looks at. She looks at the cab fare, which, as you mentioned, <laughs> it's like thirty-seven dollars. Like, where the fuck yeah. was she going? Like, well, she does say she's from New Orleans. She may have ridden that, that cab all the way. Probably she get a thirty-seven dollar like cab fare. Then she looks in her purse. And she's got a fucking shit ton of money. <laughs> but she's like. 
But I might need this. <laughs> but I might need this to spend. It's on... the same thing as having like uh, full health or mana potions in a video game. You're like, I know it seems like I need a potion now, but what if I need yeah. a potion more later? It's true. <laughs> so she you saves know, her money. Potion. You know she's going to need it because she moves into this seedy hotel that is across the street yeah, from the First Hoyt. Avenue. Yeah, that would have been... So that, is that where, like, O'Donovan's is now? I think is it... Because that, that looks well, like that, that's that the perspective, save always right? It's still fucking there. Oh, is it still there? I yeah. think, yeah, it's, like, shoved in between Donovan's and... Because there's, like, a parking thing over there? Yeah, there's the parking and, garage yeah. and... Because, yeah. yeah, like, the camera angles Sa- the look like The save is the seediest... The seediest place that ever existed, you know? That is one of the things I really loved about this, is, like... Uh, recognizing all the locations, of course, yeah. from around town, but going, oh, this is like when you watch a movie set in like the 60s, 70s, 80s in New York, yeah. where New York is disgusting and gross and oh, interesting, God, yeah. and now you watch yeah. a movie set in New York, and it's just like, it looks like when you go to Disney or Vegas, New York, yeah. and it looks boring, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. And I'm yeah. sure like there's probably less like crazy people on meth stabbing you now, and that's good or and that's whatever. That's good or whatever. But like... <laughs> But like this is a much more gritty, interesting looking Minneapolis than the Minneapolis I work in every day. Oh <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Well, totally. I you know it's in the eighties, as you can tell from this movie, there was a lot more steam. <laughs> there was much more <laughs> steam. <laughs> there was, well, this was, was this is this movie's right around the Murderopolis era, isn't it? Um, no, like, earlier, was this a little, earlier, was this a little earlier. Mur- Murderopolis kind of happened in the nineties. Oh, see, I thought that was like yeah. late eighties. Okay. I mean, it started happening in the late eighties, and, and definitely the early eighties was worse than it is now. Sure, but it, you know things definitely calmed down after. But yeah, it's like it's and th- like there is a there's of course they and the thing is they don't really hang a bell on it, but they do shoot a scene in a skyway. Which yeah. is always funny to me because that is such a novelty to folks that don't live here and see our little human habit trails mm-hmm. that connect buildings for us. Um, but as I pointed out while we're watching it, like they're in a skyway, which uh, I work downtown in the IDS yeah. Center. And so all the buildings that I work in are connected by skyways. And all the things there basically exist to uh, enable all the people that work in some kind of financial bullshit to get lunch quickly and go back to their job. Mm-hmm. And then. And that's not the way it used to be. Yeah. And so, like, here they're like. Oh, random guitar shop with very clearly custom-made guitars. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is just like, oh, yeah, of course I can buy you one that is like a perfectly gleaming white guitar that fell from heaven that like the top little bit next to the, where the neck attaches to the, the main part has like a weird little dollop, like a DQ squirrel on a, you know, on yeah. a dippy cone. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, I'm going to go pawn an anklet for that. And you're like, every part of this makes no sense. None of the movie well, makes sense. Well, the shop makes sense. The shop might make sense. The shop actually makes sense. The father, is, the father is abusive, but at the end, we're supposed to feel good about the fact that after he tries to kill himself, the mom is still there with him in the hospital. You know, with heavily it, focused on wedding rings next to each yeah. other, because she's yeah, laying across just, him, like passed out sleeping, and it's like his hand with a very prominent wedding ring, and her hand kind of overlapping it, very prominent wedding ring. And I was like, you really? That's what you're gonna? That's we. This you is like to... that's this movie's idea of true love. Is that despite all of our bullshit? You know, such as me punching you in the goddamn face. Yeah. We still love each other. And it's like, no, no that's Stockholm no, Syndrome. that's not okay. Which is also how okay. Prince gets a girlfriend. Yes. You know, like we said, they, he meets a girl, acts weird to her, gets her on a motorcycle, drives her to his laughing place, and then convinces <laughs> her that she needs to cleanse herself in Lake Minnetonka, which <laughs> I thought was a joke written for Chappelle's show. Nope. I didn't know that was from yeah. Oh, no. Movie. Oh, and no, so I was like, oh, shit. It's even funnier to me now that this is an actual <laughs> reference. And so she... You know, strips down to her, like, very 80s high-cut underwear, which, as a child of the 80s, is still a weird fetish I'm trying to get over. But <laughs> hops into the thing, and it, and it just has enough time to be able to be like, Ugh! and she jumps in, and he's like, also, that's not Lake Minnetonka. And I'm like, that is the funniest fucking thing in the world if you weren't such a creepy rapist and abuser. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Like, that is a move I would do to somebody. I'd be like, all right. You're not, you know, not a true Minnesota until you go, you know, swimming in Lake Minnetonka, and everybody's like, okay, and they'll jump in the water and it's cold as balls. And like, also, that's not Lake Minnetonka. That's a funny joke. <laughs> but doing that to a poor woman you barely know that you're stranded naked and shivering somewhere. Yeah, and then he gets on his motorcycle and he drives away. He off. <laughs> what are you doing? And that, and that particular day, it started snowing like an hour later. Yeah, it, it would have been a day cold. like today. The poor, the poor woman got pneumonia. Yeah. you know, it's insane. Just, and like, oh. and also, and we pointed out too, there's a lot of motorcycle driving. A lot, oh, yeah. so much motorcycle. The, 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 when doves cry, fine song, and yet oh, this yeah. entire yeah. Oh. in this film, when doves cry is basically the sulking song. Yeah, we, it's just Prince sulking for the, the length the of the song. I think is beautiful about that part is uh, the director said, "Oh, we need a sulking song part." but we don't have a sulking song yet. <laughs> and he says it's at, like, the end of the day of shooting. Prince goes off and shows up the next day with a new song. Oh, that's he, awesome. 
he wrote When Doves Cry overnight, recorded it all scene. himself, produced it, finished it, <laughs> had it recorded by the next morning. He's like, Once again, Prince, Prince only needs a band because it is physically impossible for him to play all yeah, those instruments himself. If Prince himself. invented cloning... There would have yeah. been just you would have seen it's, Prince oh, yeah. and the Prince Generation be, featuring be, Prince. It had to be very <laughs> difficult to play on stage with Prince, knowing that he was better than you at everything. At everything, yeah, it's yeah. like everything. if he wanted to play the keyboards instead of you, he would kick your ass. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like you yeah. just you are in all ways superfluous, except for the fact that the two of you cannot physically occupy the same space. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, if he had discovered time travel and could somehow <laughs> right get yeah. himself playing every after instrument, killing Hitler, after killing yeah. Hitler. Then yeah. yes, I don't think Prince would have worried about that. I don't so think much. he would have. I don't think that uh, would have even occurred. Crafted a masterful tour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the thing that, it, and and he was always doing that. Uh, my my mother. Okay, here's my personal history story. Oh, uh, oh by the way, dear but, listeners, yeah. being from Minneapolis, almost everybody in Minneapolis Every- has a Prince story. Yeah, it's yeah. true. It's I true. actually don't, true. which makes me sad. Really? I yeah, never encountered. Prince, I don't have a good one, but but yeah. uh, but, but but Melissa, yeah, it's your well, yeah. Sh- so. Yeah. So, um, my mother was a teenager when she had me, but, so when, you know, I was growing up, uh, she kind of was too. So, <laughs> she and Prince went to high school together. Wow. And they're the same age. And so, um, when he was going to high school, um, even though he came from this really poor background and didn't have any resources, really, you know, he, you know, single mother by that point, um, the People, the the teachers at high school basically reserved the music room for him after school. It's like you go in there and you do whatever you need to do, <laughs> and and he would just train himself in music. Cool. And so by the time he was eighteen, he was recording his own demo stuff. And by recording his own demo stuff, I mean he was doing all the looping himself, like fully produced, and, and yeah. fully produced, not garage demos, not garage yeah. demos, fully produced. He's playing all the all the instruments and all that stuff, and so by this time my mom had dropped out of high school and had a like a three year old daughter, and um, she was essentially a, a, a band groupie in Minneapolis. So uh, we were kind of in the crowd that was following like Chameleon and mm-hmm. Fairchild, and and she was dating a guitarist. And so, by the way, this is the crowd that Yanni came out of. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> and <laughs> his, his drummer was really great. Charlie was awesome. But anyway, so my mom is at this party with all these older white uh, Minneapolis rockers. And um, one of the guys comes in one night. It's like 1978, 1970. Yeah, 1978-ish. He comes in with a tape and he goes, okay, there's this new kid in town and this is his demo and, you know, they, they're kind of snickering at us like, <laughs> you know, a new kid. Let's have a listen. They put it on and you can tell, like, the mood changed in the room because mm. they're going, Balls holy shriveled shit, where did this threatened. kid come from? Because he's like 18. <laughs> he's like, where did he come from? And um, so it, it was just, like, complete sea change in the room and one of the guys in the room was this uh young black gentleman who um like a week later answered a an ad in the local paper i can't remember which one and and uh wound up going to do an audition in the uh god it was a parking lot in back of a tire store and he wound up in the revolution because that the person who placed the ad was Prince and he was looking for a guitarist. So oh, awesome. the, per, the person who answered that ad was Des Dickerson. So if you see um, like in the uh, videos from the 1999 album, he was the guy with the, the Sunrise headband. Mm-hmm. And he's actually in this movie. Um, but this time he had moved on to his own band. And I can't remember. He was in one of the scenes where he had... Uh, God, he was playing yeah, technically the Modern he, Airs. The Modern Airs. Oh, that, yeah. Technically yeah. he wasn't... In the revolution, yeah, the he revolution, was. They actually, he was in the revolution. He was first against the wall in the revolution. He, no, the re- no the revo- he dropped out. <laughs> the revolution. Well, the revolution was formed basically for Purple Rain. No, the revolution. The revolution was in place for 1999, and he toured with Prince. Yeah, Got to check that out. I'm yeah, we. Sure. You can double check that. He had a band. He did the 1999 tour and then dropped out of the band because he 
became a born again Christian, and he was super. He became very uncomfortable with all the sexual themes. But uh, you know, he was still a Minneapolis musician, we ever, so he wound up in the. And movie. I'm not like a huge Prince fan. I mean, a fan of Prince, but not like someone that knows all the shit. Yeah. So right. like, has has it been explained exactly how he's married those two things as being Jehovah's Witness and all the weird sex music? Like, uh, is that has that been I explained as how he did I that? I think it was because he was kind of nuts. Okay. Because well, a buddy of mine went and saw. Him I don't want to make light of mental was... illness, but but I mean Prince was because he's gone through eras of only doing stuff where he wouldn't do his dirty lyrics. Yeah. You know, friends yeah. of mine went and saw him at yeah. Paisley Park, and he would only sing like Raspberry Beret, literally the words Raspberry yeah. Beret. Yeah. Then the band would play the entire song, and he'd step forward and sing Raspberry Beret, and then nothing. It was just an instrumental in between. Huh. And he did that for most of the songs that night, and my friends were very pissed. You know, because it was just, he would play all the songs you wanted to hear, but he refused to sing all the lyrics that dealt with sex. And I was like, oh, so I thought the Jehovah's Witness thing came much, much later in his career. Well, he did. But apparently, it did, I mean, it did kind of. In this I mean, movie, though, like, he, yeah. you know, the fucking, he does uh, Purple Rain. Yeah. Suddenly everybody loves him, which is the whole thing we'll have to talk about. And then he follows it up with a song about Jesus. Mm-hmm. What? So, like, okay, this apparently goes way back. Like, yeah, you know, he's, I mean, he's writing, you know, his own version of gospel music. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but, but I think the hardcore Jehovah's Witness thing came in the 90s. Yeah. He was a Christian before that. But, yeah. But, um, yeah, he... I think he kind of waffled on the, the sexual lyrics a few times, but... Uh, also, you, you know, know definitely he's a powerful motivator. Well, yeah, <laughs> and he's real good at him. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, and uh, but I mean, he definitely held to like uh, you know, like no substance abuse and. You know, well, and even in the, and that's something I noticed in the yeah. movie where he's mad at Apollonia for drinking. Yeah, and I was like, oh, interesting. Like, I yeah. wonder if that's something that he kind of nudged into the movies that because his character well, and that's, never yeah. shown doing that, anything. That's the thing. I mean, the fact is, the next two movies were directed by Prince. This one was not, but mm-hmm. you get the feeling that Prince had a lot to do with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, that that he, which only makes it more baffling that you're like, if you have any kind of creative control over this movie, and you let yourself be, as a version of yourself be such an asshole, as a character, <laughs> like that's really weird that you wouldn't try to marry Sue your way through this as someone that people could sympathize with and or admire. Like, all this movie's trying to do though, and I mean that's why it's this this dichotomy, this weird dichotomy is, it's trying to tell. A story with music, mm-hmm. and so yeah, all the stuff that doesn't happen on stage is Bonkers. completely messed up because all they're trying to do is find an excuse for the next song, right? And then, and usually, the next song is either a recap or reaction to whatever you just saw that is better than yes. what you just saw, or is going to lead into what you will then see dumped down and explained through you know poor just narrative action immediately afterwards and then yeah hits the next song so like that's mm-hmm. the, it's it's like they didn't quite want to pull the trigger on a musical where literally everybody just sang and just went from song to song to song with just the barest connecting tissue yeah which is what would have made this a better movie because if you do a musical with just Prince songs it would be a fucking cool movie mm-hmm. yeah uh, but you just you yeah, like, uh, I'm troubled <laughs> 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 I'm just in trouble. You know, the, the scene that, like, the, the fact that he's got this, like, abusive f- father. Yeah. Like, that's some heavy shit. That's your after school special moment. And it has no character arc, no payoff, yep. nothing. Nope. You know, you manage to see, like, the first one is, like, dad threatening mom in the corner, and then Prince running in, like, she heard you, dad! <laughs> and you're like, you didn't, like, you didn't even get to get punched, you had to get slapped. Like, so, fine. Well, and he's then tiny and fragile, you know. Cut back to the next time he's, like, listening to music and hears all the, the roughing about, and I think he just goes to bed instead. Yeah. And you're like, I thought you cared, dude. I thought you were all like, no, stop hitting ma. And then you come home and your mom's sitting on the curb a block away from her house in late afternoon, and she's all like, mm. And he's like, and it takes it takes yeah, you apparently this. hours because it's pitch dark when you get home. It's pitch black by the time and you then get you home. get to walk in the room. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you, motherfucker? Spin move. <laughs> he does a, he does a, a dance full, move in the kitchen. A full on your heel spin in boots. Yeah. In, no, in heels. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, and then you look at the slightly ajar basement door and go. That's where I live. <laughs> in the basement of my parents' house. And then, like, Dad's down there playing the piano with his Parkinson's or whatever. And he comes down, it's like, Mom's looking pretty rough. You know anything about that? Wait, is that one of your songs? You write them down? I don't need to. 
tears. <laughs> like that's that's not. No, no. Then he's like, forget mom getting beaten up. Like you, you just... got a you got a girlfriend, and he's like, yeah. Except he doesn't because he beat up his girlfriend. <laughs> and again, how much he's time like, passes from start to finish? You're this? gonna five you're days, gonna, three well, weeks. Well, since it starts in the fall and and then later it's the spring. That seems like a budget issue. We don't not know an actual narrative choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because well, maybe all the nighttime stuff happened during winter because their days are really short. They are very oh, short. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Like, but, I mean, yeah, but, you know, and then Dad, like, you, you got a girlfriend? Yeah. And, like, one, I don't believe you. Two, like, getting married? Oh. <laughs> Never get, get married. married. And I'm like, sage-like wisdom. Yeah, that's very, very smart. <laughs> you say never sorry, get married. Well, are as, you wishing you as you one of the efficiency of your wedding, Melissa? <laughs> yeah, I think that is great advice. Yeah, we should have said that at the beginning. But Matt hadn't seen the film yet. That's true. So, See, so he's sitting there and he's crying, <laughs> weeping. Never get married. So what he's basically saying is, if you get married, you'll beat her. And, and Prince then is you'll like, feel... I'm better than you, Dad. I beat my girlfriend already. <laughs> oh, <God>. What? <laughs> his dad's like giving him shit for writing down his music. He's better. I'm better than you because nobody will ever play my music after I die. Or something. Ooh. I don't know. Yeah, it's like, that's why we all hated the fact that we invented language and the written communication. <laughs> I loved reinventing the wheel every it's 75 years. It's the worst. It's the worst thing. We hate that. <laughs> so... It is, but that's that the thing is, and the, all these scenes are probably a maximum of ten minutes between concert footage. Yeah, I would yeah. think. Yeah, and they they still feel interminably long. They do. Oh feel God, very, yeah, they, they're terrible. Yeah. Morse Day mugging around, high, uh, high as balls, terrible. Like, and that's the other thing too. Is this movie can't tell if it's doing like really broad physical comedy sometimes, yeah, or like. Uh, you know, like the, the like I said, the the who's on first thing with like we need a password for when she shows up. Okay, what should it be? I don't know. You decide. Cool. You decide. What? And you know, whatever it might be. And then eventually it's like, what? Huh? Okay. And they all just work their way through. And then you, like, that was an awful and like pulling teeth. Cut to that night at the club. Apollonia shows up, and they revise it just a little. To reprise it just a little to to make you have to like go. Oh, I'm reminded of the shitty joke. I'm reminded again. of the bad joke. Thank you for that. Yeah. You know. And again, uh, just... with the exception of that second Morris Day in the Time song, the music in this movie is pretty unassailable. Mm-hmm. Like the so it, that's the thing is like I, that saves this movie. Well, and the Apollonia Six song is pretty. Oh, yeah. that's also terrible. Yeah, so I don't even yeah. consider that a real song. But that, yeah. but they don't but, linger on that long. Know, no, but, they, they, but, it, but it's beautiful for the fact that the they do the Apollonia Six <clears> song, <throat> and once again we have to suspend our disbelief because the owner of Prince's Club, who apparently only runs three bands in that club. Oh my God! Yeah. All yeah, the what time. Are you talk about that. Three bands that play every one night. song yeah. every night. Yeah. That's the thing. You go so to, you to his club <laughs> for three songs. And it's the same three bands. Same every three night. bands. So obviously, it has to be some repeats in the songs. They so can't possibly be writing a new song every you day. Think not. I mean, Prince. So could, Apollonia. Well, well. Yeah. I, I, I can I can guarantee, having grown up in that culture, you know, from a very young age, I wound up as a young toddler running across many stages and having like band members run after me, like bring back that tambourine. Um, <laughs> but I can guarantee that is not how. First Avenue was no, of course not. No. In the early eighties, so, so they, I mean, they've, they've got this ridiculous thing to where Ap- the Apollonia's group performs, and they're you know at a club that we think might just be made up called like the Taste. Yeah, the Taste. Which none of us had heard of. Then again, it, yeah. it appeared to have legit neon sign out front. Well, and this movie didn't have the budget to buy a neon sign for a club that didn't yeah. exist. So it looked like a thing that would have been where like Big V's is. Yeah. Or um, yeah. the Turf Club. It looks like that would have been right down the street from your place too. Probably. Yeah. It, it's it, quite that, the look of that was quite very possible. small yeah. club St. Paul. So, yeah. so yeah. Uh, by the way, it's Vanity. Vanity Six is the name of the band from yeah, the Vanity 80s. Yeah, Vanity was originally and Vanity cast. was originally cast yeah. to, to be in the the part that Apollonia played. So that's why they called it Apollonia Six because there's not uh, a lot of original naming going on in this film. Nope. In fact, the only like, person <laughs> renamed was Prince. Was Prince Apollonia, who's an <laughs> actress. She's not a musician, yeah. but they're still like, you know what? It's going to be a lot easier if we just call you Apollonia. Uh, Prince finds trying to memorize character names tedious. Yeah, I would think. <laughs> So you will be Apollonia. So Apollonia, uh, the film will so be Apollonia Morris performs. Morris uh, the Apollonia per- Six perform their song, and and the owner of First Avenue comes up to Prince, the kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I was gonna say Prince is not renamed. Prince is just unnamed. Yes, yeah. the kid. So basically, because that up, makes a guy like Prince very relatable. Yeah, he really does. <laughs> that made him an everyman, which is what this movie. Yeah, you really. Do. <laughs> You really felt you could identify with him a lot. He's just like me, but his knuckles aren't scraped from either guitar or punching women. <laughs> like, 
he goes up to, he goes up to Prince and he says, "Your set tomorrow night better be great." Basically implying, "Or I'm going to replace you with this mediocre girl band of, that are clearly only getting a lot of reaction because they're wearing negligee." Yeah. yeah, which and, again, and, and capes. We just watched <laughs> Prince play "Darling Nikki" to the disgust of a packed First Avenue. Yeah, and then we cut to women wearing very little, yeah. singing a just as grossly sexy song, in a different club. And as they once again pan through the audience, which oh my god, those are amazing shots. We get to see who's yes. in these clubs, like yes. the '80s <laughs> yes. lace gloves and makeup on men and women, and the the flock of seagulls hair, and like there's I, I do know lightning we'll be... bolts on the oh, face, the lots sweet, of lightning oh, bolts. Still no, need a Ford all up in. It's the, oh, yeah. The greatest fantasy in this film is that during that era in Minneapolis, there were, were that many fashionable clothes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just every or, single person is perfectly dressed. Yeah. Or or eyeshadow on men. That is something I did not witness. In the yeah, I would not imagine that Minneapolis would have had a lot of that. No. You know? No. The big hair. Oh yes, I saw. Oh, sure. Everybody had big hair. hair. Yeah. For yeah, sure. That yeah. was amazing. But men, uh, women, it didn't matter. But the, but the do, eyeshadow on men. Mm-mm. They they seem to imply that like everything that. Prince is doing is like it's too out there it's just you know he's making art that only speaks to him and it's like that's one what any good artist does Mm -hmm. but two like then when someone does something very similar in what is apparently the problem it just kills at this other club and they're gonna get replaced with that and it's like so you're pissed off this act is getting too sexual and you're gonna hire an act where not only they sing about sex but they're literally dressed in stuff you wear before sex Mm -hmm. What? <laughs> it just yeah, none of it makes any sense. None of it. Nothing. I, nothing in this movie no. makes any sense. You know? and that's that's the amazing. And the thing no, is, no, no, no. The amazing thing is, his other movies make less sense. Yeah. Well, sure. Yeah, no, that's the true. Thing, this yeah. movie was huge. Yeah, I mean, it was huge. when it came out. It knocked Ghostbusters out of the first slot. Really? Yeah. And it, it lasted. It lasted. Months. I know, right? It's, it's, it's that, horrifying. That offends me as a comedian, right? <laughs> it, it, it lasted in the theater for months. People went to see this four, five, six times. No, is that regionally? It was that huge, or was it no, everywhere? It was, that it was no, huge that, that national. Was it really? Yeah, God it was. Damn. It was enormous. I mean, it was like, weird. Like I was saying as we were watching it, this is when what Prince was, was rivaling was 80, 84. Four? Yeah. Okay. This is when Prince was like rivaling Michael Jackson yeah. in fame. Which. So. <sighs> <laughs> so okay. So we have. I'm trying to think if there's any other major plot points we need to talk about. So we got, there are no major plot well, points. Well, nobody. The, okay, well, the, the thing is, there are only like five. That's pieces it. Pieces of madness. Like his dad punches his mom. That upsets him. Unless his dad wants to talk. And then there's like no. He unless his dad his, is playing music. Uh-huh. Right. Well, sure. But then we'll talk to him yeah. about music. Then there's like, oh god, dad fucking shoots himself in the head poorly. Yeah. Like, of the like. Although, it, although oh. I think originally the script actually had. Uh, the dad die from self-inflicted gunshot Which, and then would I guess they, they just I know right it would be a much better movie yeah, it would make more sense that they traced his body holding the, the gun oh my god oh my god okay. oh my god Prince dad? smashing the basement oh god okay so dad <laughs> fuck these preserves dad shoots himself in the head in the basement and is so bad at life that he doesn't even succeed in killing himself. Like, that's the ultimate fuck. Yeah, that is If you're like, worst. I can't do anything right, I should just end it all. <laughs> Why am I hurting? <laughs> that's, that's gotta suck. I missed. But, but so Dad apparently just has a wicked bad gunshot wound and is all flopped out. He's not like a full crappy flop, but a little bit of a seizure thing on the floor. And Prince turns the light switch on, which I think spooks Dad into pulling the trigger. And, uh... They like the cops all show up and the, again. Oh my god, the fucking sound design in this movie is insane. <laughs> I've, I've not seen so much ADR since like the oh, probably yeah. a Star Wars prequel. But the so there's like all this weird stuff where it's like a Sam Raimi thing where like you get these incredibly loud footfalls of the cops walking back up the basement stairs mm-hmm. while an otherwise no ambient sound prince sits like on a bed trying to look sad and then he's like intercut between prince and like the single tear and the chalk outline around his father who as we just mentioned does not die and yeah. was not murdered like there wasn't even a, an assailant the chalk like, and, uh, and yes and the chalk line is not only the full body like in a cartoon but the gun is outlined and they're actually like sh- like whip pan to the gun outline part I think with a gunshot sound even and Prince is like and picks up a hockey stick which is the most Minnesota fucking thing you can do and starts smashing jars of yams and like you know peas and things that are down there in his studio bedroom that because you know like gotta put up the larder before a horrible winter but and he spazzes out and then finds that his dad actually wrote down all his music so it's like yet another thing your dad was shitty at (laughs) 
Yes, like, yeah. you lied you to me about, about that too. Another reason I can see. I can see that why that would make everything although, better. Yes. Although really, how observant is is it? Is he that there's this giant treasure chest in the basement that he never looked at? Exactly. Oh, and that's the other thing too is I was what's like, in this giant treasure chest? Oh, it's. Music. But then that also made me wonder because he all flips and he's like, ah, and he's like rolling around like a toddler that didn't get their way, and then he kind of has this moment of like, my back's itchy, and realizes that he's laying in like just a pile of sheet music, and he's like, fuck you if you're going to play one of your dad's songs to save your job at the club. Mm-hmm. And the movie, thankfully, does not do that. No, they yeah. haven't played Wendy and Lisa's song. And here's another Making thing. the moral of the story that Prince sucks, and if he'd paid attention to his band, he would have been a bigger star already. Right. Here's the thing, though. of co- And, and it's, it's, it's frustrating because this, the tune that Wendy and Lisa play, that, that it's like Prince should should play this tune and, and should listen to his band and should be a better person, really. Mm-hmm. Uh... It's boring as fuck. It is really oh, yeah. it is, it is, it, I think the tape, the cassette literally just says, like, slow jam. Yeah. yeah. And it is a... Vi- and it's, you can... The third time you hear it, because you hear it a lot, you start to pick out the... Oh, this is basically Purple Rain. And you're like, oh, this yeah. is Purple Rain. So then Prince gets up on stage at the end, and he's got to play the song that's going to keep him ha- in his job at First Avenue, right? And he says, I'm going to play a song that Wendy and Lisa wrote. And Wendy and Lisa are like, whoa... Oh. That's so nice. So then he proceeds to play a song that he has not practiced with his band once. And to our yeah. knowledge, uh, keyboard guy, bass player, drummer, may have never even heard. Yeah. yeah. We know Wendy and Lisa know it. We know Prince has heard their version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wendy and Lisa have not heard Prince's final version. No. Because he does change it. He does change it. And he they makes, all, it, they do that makes thing that, it not boring. Yeah, they do that thing that I, I was complaining about, too. Like, they do it in Walk the Line. They do it in all those movies where someone kind of goes... And they start boom, 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 boom. And the guy next to him goes, I see what you're doing there. And then can just follow along fine. You're like, that's not how music works. Now, how music works at all. Now, a drummer could keep a beat. Now. But it's <laughs> I, bridges, fills, now, pauses to talk. Actually. <laughs> well, actually. Actually, as a musician, that does happen. Yeah. Not quite that cleanly. No, but not in a live am- there, there, there are times where you'll sit down and you'll like, somebody will start playing a bunch of chords and somebody else will... And that that song will happen. Oh sure, oh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. And I've seen people do that. My sure. friends that are minor musicians, you know, not like you, like but actual it, musicians. Yeah, but um, <laughs> sick bird. I see what you mean. No, did but, but seriously though, like yeah, you can sit. Down, yeah. I mean, that is one of the ways to write a song. That's, sure, that's a process. Sure, but but uh, you would not do that live on stage with choreography. Same your five-piece band. We're gonna play this six, song, including Prince. Yeah, yeah so we're gonna play this song that only two of you know. And it's and it's right now, and our jobs on the line. I mean, there's there's. I mean, it can be done if you're playing like standard blues. You can you can go okay, drummer, do this. Yeah, anyone um, that bass, starts a song bassist, like, all right, we're gonna write this one about my father. Yeah, key, key of then, okay. E. Yeah, and then I'll riff. He doesn't even do that. He doesn't even yell at the key. He doesn't even do that. Yeah, it's just He's like, like Wendy and Lisa start playing the song, and we're all gonna figure it out from there. And then of course it's by purple. the power of our lace gloves. Yeah, <laughs> and then of course it's Purple Rain. It's like one of the great power ballads of all time yeah. mm-hmm. that that came out of this boring fucking riff that's really been played boring. since the beginning of the the the. the movie mm-hmm. um and and, and it, it's the the, the 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 dichotomy of this movie is it's electrifying it yeah it's on stage is impossible to not watch in mm-hmm. every single instance of it yeah and that's the troubling part is just like you walk in like uh, your first introduction of the club and the insane way they think the music industry works which is apollonia going i hitched a cab because she didn't pay for it so I guess it's hitchhiking hitched a cab here from <laughs> New Orleans it was stealing uh, it was and she <laughs> sneaks her way into the club walks up to a waitress yeah. and says I want a job and she's like what do you do I can sing and dance and it's like that's not how bands are made that's, that's not, not how, how bands are made at all no. no guy that owns a club goes I like your look kid I'm gonna find eight or nine other people put you all together rehearse it for 12 months and then we're gonna have something. See, nope. No, no. Really? You need to show up with songs. No, no, no. You need to show up into the, the parking lot behind the tire store. Okay, yes, and then fine. Audition. In that in that way, yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> or you know, you're that guy that gets pulled on stage at a concert when the lead singer quits, and then you just become the new singer of Journey or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, they found him in the Philippines. But uh, but you know, there's there's always those weird like those things. But like that's that's the reason those are stories we know is because those are impossible. Right. right. Like they, you know, they a don't band is like you know you find people you write songs even. Because who wrote the song they played? Like, it's she was going to show up and go, ah. And so, like, she lucks out by the club guy going, like, I ain't got time for you. And then Morris Day's like, I'll put you with this group I was already trying to do that didn't work. 
And mm-hmm. so then she had a full band. And clearly all it, all it needed was you. Yeah. Right? All mm-hmm. all this needed was you, and then it was going to be perfect. Yeah. It's... Um, <laughs> uh, I, I I knew we had to throw this throw this the, in there. This is perfect. This is so perfect. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Melissa is really not quite I'm literally <laughs> licking the frustration off my wrist. She's very the, close. The moment the moment your agony is sweet. The moment he hits Apollonia, she does a pirouette because he hits her so hard. Oh God! She does a full spin. It because is nearly as as delightful as his <laughs> frustration trying to find his dad after he beats her mom. Yeah, it is. It is. Is and it's it the is such moment, a dancer and, move. And, 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 so he hits her right after she gives him this impossibly expensive guitar. Yeah. That, you know, Which so, in return he gives her his hoop earring. Yeah. Like the yeah. hold my earrings. Oh god, the hoop earring thing. Oh my god. <laughs> then, oh. So then then he hits wow. her. He's, he backhands her. She does a pirouette. And falls to the ground, and his apology is basically to tell her that Morris is bad news. Yeah, it's news. like, baby, oh, why you make me do this? Don't you know what a dick that other guy is? And yes. I'm like, what? And then, and then, then they have an argument in which he basically calls her a whore. Yeah. And well, I mean, then they then he sings "Darling Nikki," in which he's basically calling, calling her, her a whore. whore. Yeah. yeah. And then they have another argument in which he basically calls her a whore. And then he sings "Purple Rain," and it's all better. It is astounding. Oh, speaking of which, then he sings Purple Rain, succeeds in making people recognize that the band is good, and is like, yeah, fuck this, I'm out. And like walks through an endless hallway that as far as I know does not exist at First Ave. Because I've been backstage at First Ave. It's it's eight feet from the stage and it's a room the size of the one we're recording in. Yeah. (laughs) Like there's nothing there. And so there's this long walk down a hallway that we've seen that leads to this dressing room. It's like when you watch uh, like pro wrestling and they act like all the wrestlers have a dressing room but of course they don't. I think those are like the the endless steam tunnels underneath the University of Minnesota. It's got to be something like that, right? It's like that can't and they never see yeah. someone actually like live transition from one to the other. It's I, probably I, different no, locations. When they leave, when they leave the stage, it seems like they walk right into the steam tunnels. Yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. like one. Why would you have that in your club? Like you know, that's yeah. just a, that's a good way to get more locks. Yeah. That's how you. <laughs> do you want to get more locks? That's how we get more locks. Oh, there are certainly more locks <laughs> under the University of Minnesota. But uh, but yeah, so he, but he decides like I've done a very successful thing. I am going to storm through a hallway that for the first time in the movie is filled with hangers on. Stare at my motorcycle. <laughs> And then storm back in. See right after Apollonia. right after the waitress that was in the, be- oh, at the beginning. Oh, comes out like, crying. Yeah. yeah. Comes out crying and she's like, so good. It was so good. And then he storms yeah. back in, sees Apollonia, chooses not to hit her for some reason. <laughs> well, storms back on stage. There's adrenaline he's got going through yeah. his system. I don't know how he could stop himself. And, yeah, storms back on stage, plays a song about Jesus. Yeah. What? <laughs> I don't, I can't even. I'm like um, a teenage girl. I can't even. No, just, wait, wait, didn't he? No, there was. I would die for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, no, there was a. Uh, there were three songs at the yeah, end. The third one was the. Uh, it's baby, I'm a star. Baby, I'm a star. Baby, I'm a star. That's the third yeah. one. Yeah. 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 So it's yeah. I would die for you is the second, the one he plays when he first comes back. And and then he does the whip pan towards the camera, freeze frame with the god rays coming out from his. Except head. right before that, he yes. climbs a yes. stack yes. of speakers. Yes. Picks up a guitar, but then shoots liquid out the end, and there's a the cut that goes to like the god pose, just like portrait of him that he superimposed everything. Because I think if they'd let it go a second longer, he would have turned to the camera and gone, Get it? (laughs) 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 Do you get what I'm doing? (laughs) Has it all been too subtle thus far? (laughs) You know, at the end of I Would Die For You, there's the shot where he goes, you know, right in front of that gigantic spotlight and we get that big close-up on on, on him jiggling his ass. (laughs) And you know, like, he had to be sitting just like, you get one take. I feel like such an asshole. You get one take, and they're like, "You've got to make this good." It's <laughs> yeah. like you had to feel stupid doing half the shit these people were doing in this movie. It's it, it is it, it is wildly entertaining, but not mm-hmm. for the reasons they thought generally. Yeah, like the concert footage. I think they knew they had gold. Oh know, yeah, that, that's yeah. why they had print. they knew that that was why this movie was going to work mm-hmm. if it would work at all. But the other parts of the movie that you can enjoy, you are not enjoying for the reasons it was intended. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think they even cared. And, uh, and, and, you know, I, I tend not to be it's... cynical, but like I don't think they cared that much about how well the rest of the movie tied it. There are two different parts where we listen to a song and have a montage of footage, some of which is flashback footage from previous in the movie. Yeah. Another time, it's stuff that we assume had to have happened at some point that they didn't bother to show us live in the movie. So it's like Prince being all bummed out during Dove's Cry, and then we're like going to a place where there's nothing... And then 
cut to him at that place with Apollonia, cut back to him and there was nothing going, huh. and then go to a new place <laughs> where there's nothing, cut to like what must be a memory, I assume, or unless yeah. it's just him visualizing, like, what if we'd actually done this instead of hitting her? Like, I don't know, it's just, it's very weird. And it's like, they do that twice, though. Oh. It is wickedly bad storytelling. Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, oh, it's- I honestly kind of want to watch this again when I get home. Yeah, right? It's amazing how bad it is. It is so compelling, though. Yes, yes. I can't... mm. It's so... Uh. Yeah, his other movies are the same. And the the thing is, is like, the the thing about this, though, is, like, we we talked about, because I didn't know that there were... The other ones were, like, directed by him or whatever, because there's uh, uh, Graffiti Bridge. Graffiti Bridge and Under the Cherry Moon. Okay. And so, like... But this does not make me watch, want to watch those. Right. This makes me want to watch this again sometime, mm-hmm. and probably a few times over the course of my life. But I'm not going, I want to see what he was up to next. <laughs> like I feel I, like yeah. this gives me what I need. I kind of feel like now that I've revisited it, I think for the first time since the 1980s, um, I kind of want to re-edit it and take out all the concert bits and take all the drama bits Strip out all the sound and then have all my friends redub all the dialogue. Oh, that'd be amazing. Uh, and and you know which, not improv it like actually, yeah, actually write do it, it yeah. but actually just completely make shit. And the, up. we and should also point out the audio sync on this is awful throughout. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, n- not only during the 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 regular like narrative portion, but even during the concerts, there's times that the the lips are not synced up with what they're doing. Yeah. And sometimes like it's clearly an album cut. Well, it, you know, or it's like this might be a version you did specifically for this. But yeah. then when you were doing your editing, you, your guy well, nudged oh, them well, with, with a lot of the, music, the, the yeah. concert yeah. stuff. They recorded yeah. the music and then they performed to that track. Right. Which is the, the way you do a music yeah. video or whatever. Yeah, well, but yeah. like, but they, they but aren't the, nailing it. Well, yeah, the, the well, Purple Rain, the, you know, specifically that particular track, um, the first time it was ever performed was when they recorded it for the album. Right on. And so they came out onto the stage at First Avenue during a charity event. And recorded that live. Yeah, yeah, and and um, then so they they recorded the audio there and then reenacted it for the scenes of the movie. Yeah, I do. The, oh. there is a video that pops up online, and because Prince's lawyers are really rabid about this stuff, it pops usually up usually gets taken down right away. But then it pops up. So again. if you see it, download it. Don't just try to watch it. Right, but there there was there's a person who uploaded a video. They had taken like a VHS video of that night, which is interesting because yeah. you can't do that surreptitiously. No, in the no. '80s, a VHS camcorder was the size of a suitcase that you held on your shoulder. Yeah, and so it's amazing they got away with that. Well, I, I don't think unless I don't it was think intended it, to be used for something. I think it was probably intended to be used for something because this was like a, but people a charity. People weren't doing DVD extras back then. Well, no, no, no. But no, I, but Prince, it, was, it was a Prince charity. Has, oh, that's always, true. Prince has crazy. always yeah. been yeah. into documenting. I mean, there. Well, yeah, from but what I, I understand in his vault, there are there are. Hours and hours and hours of unreleased oh, yeah. footage of his concerts. Uh-huh. He, he full music videos and stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 But the, the this tape, um, it, you know, whether it was recorded by the charity or recorded by Prince or whatever, um, the person who who shot the video. First of all, it's from one of those side balconies, so it's a nice, good view of the stage. Um, it's oh, it's from the, up on the. I thought yeah. it was just from the side. That'd be much yeah, better. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like. It's like up and above, if I remember right, and um, like where I was for the Clutch concert a couple weeks ago. But anyway, um, re- the entire recording of Purple Rain, uh, you know, first being performed is pretty spectacular, I, unedited. Yeah. <laughs> because you can tell they hit a couple of those, ri- you know, the riffs where in the middle of the song where the the the, the guitar solo just kind of alternates between two notes and keeps going on forever. It's fucking longer <laughs> in yeah. the original recording, and they just trimmed it down for the the audio on the, on oh. the actual record. Speaking but, of but the... the oh yeah, sorry, but just ahead. one last thing. The person who uploaded the video online is apparently a super mega Prince fan and annotated it. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, and and it's the, here's trivia about Wendy, and here's, uh, you can hear this guy screaming in the background on the album recording, and they cut this bit out, and you can see, yeah, it's yeah, that's, pretty I fascinating. I want to find that. That but is that, really that, fascinating. Speaking of vantage points in First Ave, though, we, 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 I talked about this, when, what I thought the movie was like. 
they do yeah. make first half look enormous. They do. Oh, yeah. They, and, and, and they make it look knowing, like there is more than one room. Knowing first half. <laughs> which is insane. Knowing first half, uh, you can see what they do. There's some super clever camera stuff Very that they smart. do. Yeah. They put people on top of the bar and then they, they flood it with lights They backlight them. them like a horror movie oh, where yeah. people are running through the woods and somehow everything's well lit just over the hill. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> they and do that so in you, a So you bar. can't see the back wall. Yeah. yeah. So it looks like there's more shit going on mm-hmm. beyond that, not mm-hmm. just the bartenders. And you have like... And then they, they'll pull the camera in from the back so they'll, they'll sweep the camera over the audience from the back of the house. Yeah. And right as that camera's reaching the edge of the stage, they'll flip it so you're now shooting from the front of the stage into the house, which gives you the feeling that wherever the camera ended the first time is where the back of the crowd yeah, it is. Doubles yeah. the crowd. When, yeah, it just it's super clever. Yeah, they, and uh, so much of this film is badly directed, but that you know, shit the, the, is that, the, everything about that is cleverly yeah. done. They'll do things where as annoying as the actual scene work happening is, you know, Prince will be on stage, he'll be showing the audience, and then you've got like Morris and Apollonia sitting at the table, and we all know that those are. Eight Upstairs. feet, yeah. eight feet from you know yeah. where we the camera angle cuts off. Yeah, but it looks like it's this whole separate room because they they dull the music down so people can actually have a conversation, which is insane. No, that, yeah, that, that doesn't happen. That's not, that does not happen. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, and also like they're just like quietly sitting at these tables. All these other people are like in a supper club, and he's like, bottle of your finest champagne, and I'm like. Five dollar Andre. <laughs> it's first half, yeah. and you can tell that it's first half because the champagne shows up in martini glasses. Yeah, <laughs> no bubbles. Like what? <laughs> uh, we just had the Chardonnay. I'm yeah, sorry. it's just like it's a Riesling, also French, maybe. <laughs> like, what? But yeah, it's, it's but they managed to make it look like there's this whole area where there's like a dining area. Like it looked like people might actually not just sit there and watch a show, but maybe even like order a meal. And then, because mm, yeah. there's like businessmen taking meetings, and that's like the club. And there's also a steam people. tunnel. Yeah, there's yeah. the steam tunnel. That's a lot. There's the enormous dressing room that is not in that building. There <laughs> yeah. is uh, the part where you always see the manager hanging out, which is, I believe, the sidebar that used to be on the right mm-hmm. and is gone now. Uh, that appears to be where he's hanging out, but that looks like it's almost a whole other room. Right. With a whole huge bar. Yeah. That was like a eight foot long bar yeah that was eight feet from the stage yeah it's tiny and then there's the back bar which only is shown having people dance on it to obscure the back of the club mm-hmm. people walking in the entryway you'll see coming in through and then it's like oh and then you see them walking to hallways well that's because like they divided them when you, you got split when you walked in mm-hmm. and then you are within the 40 feet of stage to back wall yeah it looks like it must lead you to all these different rooms and it's like no that's no. not how that that's works not how and works. so like no. every possible way of lying by not showing you one room from another, they took great advantage of. They also yeah. do, they also do this this amazing thing where this amazing shot outside the club where where the first time Prince arrives at the club, he's driving up the sidewalk <laughs> between the crowd. It's so like good. yeah, the kid, and they love him until like two days later when yeah. they're like. Fuck that guy. Very fickle music scene. Yeah. Days, apparently. Um, you know, we are getting... We, we, we have to wrap this up. Because we, so, yeah. we will never stop. We won't. Oh, oh, so, yeah. You could just keep going. So do, you, do you know... Oh, you're going to ask me for final thoughts. I was going to ask for final it. thoughts. I'll Melissa, what is your final thought on Purple Rain? First Avenue used to be a Greyhound bus station. Yeah. From 1937 to 1970. Then it became The Depot. Mm-hmm. Then it became Uncle Sam's. Then Sam's. And then First Avenue. You two wrote part of their October album there while they were doing a sound check in like 1981 when they were playing Seventh Street Entry, uh, which see. is smaller, yeah. by the way, dear listeners. Itty bitty, yeah. Itty bitty. That room, so, I think Max is out at like a hundred. Yeah. yeah, and you two played there. Yeah. Fucking you yeah. two played that room. The, the tiny room. Every band you've ever heard of has played at First Ave, but they probably only played to 40 people. Yeah, yeah, because that's yeah. the time you would play there. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And uh, while. If I remember right, Prince never actually had ownership over the club, even though that's what people, people keep, always say. Keep saying it's Prince's he, club. He did have a club just down the street called the Glam Slam from like yep. 1989, and, and continuing for about like eight nine years, and then it turned into the Quest, and then it oh turned that's into, right, and, and then it turned into Epic, and it's the shittiest fucking venue. <laughs> I've never yeah. I used to go there when it was the Quest because bands yeah. I liked to play there, and I was fucking hated that club. Oh, it's a, the sound is shit. The sight lines club. are shit. Like the they always were dicks too. Yeah, it's not quite as bad as the fine line, but it's oh right up there. Yeah, fine line. I fucking hate mm-hmm. the fine line. Yeah. Anyway, no, hey, yeah. local jokes. All right. <laughs> so, uh, so Matt, what's your final thought about uh, th- this movie? Demands to be seen. Like, yes, it, it yes. really does. Uh, I am, I am angry, <laughs> but I am glad I watched this. 
if that makes any kind of sense. You know, speaking of Stockholm Syndrome being a, a theme in this movie. This just made my week. This is great. No, but this is, this so is baffling. I was, I was mentioning when I got here that I was listening to uh, How Did This Get Made on the Way In, and this is a movie that is perfect for that oh, podcast. Oh, yes. Of like, who got this to happen, and how is part of it gold? Yeah. And that's kind of right in their, like, when they really hit their stride as movies yeah. like that. This would be an amazing movie for them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it is, well, like we said, it is half an amazing concert film and half a shitty fucking movie. Yeah. And because you combine the two, it is basically indecipherable. Uh, but like I said, I will watch it again. And mm-hmm. I will, if someone says they haven't seen it, I will sit down with them and watch them. Watch it. Yes. You know? <laughs> yes. I, I just, I because just, you just what you want to be like, I want to, it was, it was, it's amazing to sit in a room and watch it with somebody. Yeah. yeah. And, and just kind of go, let's see how this happens. Let's see what happens. And yeah. you know what it was, was about every four minutes, me going, what? <laughs> like, did yes. they just... And, and you know, my final, my final thought is, the three of us sitting there, Melissa and I had seen the movie before, uh, Matt had not, and when there was the, the dramatic story, yeah. we would talk and we would laugh. And we'd, we'd make would jokes. Make jokes. Yeah. And when they were playing music, we would basically shut up and watch. Because yes. mm-hmm. it is that compelling. It's yeah. that good. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's the thing that has all... I mean, I, and I've thought this with about the, with this With a short exception for a discussion of Prince doing all those moves in heels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aside from, like, the mechanics of the thing we were watching sure. once. But yeah, you're right. But we still, absolutely just like appreciate it. You would yeah. stop and appreciate the music and appreciate the, the technical brilliance that was Prince. Mm-hmm. Uh... And and that's what makes this movie. And I I I've thought this ever since the movie came out, and I loved this movie. I mean, I love this movie, but I love it for the concert footage. Oh yeah, and for yeah. and I love it for the way that the rest of it is just like a mess. You have to love it like a dog that shits on the rug. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> good thing that most of the time you're so cool. Cause... <laughs> Otherwise, this would be a real problem. Oh, Friday, you're so adorable, except for good right now. Good thing you shoot, you little bastard. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Matt, thanks so much for joining us. Why don't you tell people where they could listen to you? Be clever. Okay, uh, thank you for having me. That's yeah. I, I, This is a joy. I loved it. Um, if you are uh, internet savvy and listen to podcasts, which I bet you might if you listen to this, uh, you can find me in a few different places. There is the uh, sort of comedy interview slash chat show that I do called Apropos of Nothing. Uh, there is uh, a, a horror movie review podcast I do called Horror Show Hot Dog. Uh, that comes out weekly as well. And then there is the uh, relatively newer uh, horror story hot dog that I do that is a short or relatively short horror fiction review show. Uh, And then you can also occasionally find me as a uh, voice uh, artist on Redshift, which is a speculative fiction sci-fi radio drama show. And finally, you can find me doing uh, a regular voice on News from Honeytown, which is like if A Prairie Home Companion was funny. So there you go. Yes. Matt Alex <laughs> literally smeared all over the internet. I'm all over yes, that. All over the internet. So thanks for joining us, Matt. Uh, and uh, next time, we are sticking with the musical theme. The next film that we will be watching is A Hard Day's Night. Yes. Oh, so that's going to be fun. We just did Stop Making Sense. You missed that one, Matt. That I've was, also not seen A Hard Day's Night. Yeah, that's interesting. Ooh. Yeah, Stop I will making, have to watch it and then listen to the Stop Making Sense, by the way, is, is like... Uh, it's like Purple Rain except without all the stuff that's not amazing concert footage yeah. so yeah. it is the talking heads it's Ooh, it is the talking it's heads fucking it's fucking amazing alright so anyway god damn there's so many movies I haven't seen yeah, <laughs> yeah. dude there's so many hours yeah so uh, we will uh, we'll catch you next time thank you so much for listening but uh, goodbye <laughs> <laughs> screw you this is hard we hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. Dee, dee.